You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Steph, and you are listening to episode 118, Magical Burnout and Slumps. This is something I have gotten quite a few questions about uh, for various reasons, and I thought it was a good time to sort of tackle this subject because it's kind of how I've been feeling in the last couple of months, which is pretty normal for me this time of year. I don't feel as connected to witchcraft in the spring and summer as I do in the fall and winter. So things kind of uh, ebb and flow for me and that ebb part starts usually at the end of February and going into March. So in today's episode, I am going to chat a little bit about, you know, what the difference is between slump versus burnout and some ways to sort of figure out why you're feeling that way. And then if you would like some ways you can work on changing that. So first of all is slump versus burnout, which in my mind are two different things. And I think it's important to understand the distinction between the two, because it might be easier than to figure out why you are feeling so disconnected from your witchcraft or your pagan practice. I think of burnout as when you are doing too much and you can have burnout in a lot of different areas in your life. You can have burnout in work. That's why we're encouraged to take vacations. You can have burnout in parenting and your home life. It's just that you are doing too much in not taking enough time for yourself to refill your tank. But a slump, I think of a little bit differently. I think of a slump as being very low energy and it's not caused by doing too much and not taking enough time for yourself. It's really caused by other issues in your life, maybe um, emotional or mental health. I think the end result of both of them is the same though. And it's generally feeling disconnected from the universe, from nature, uh, from deities and ancestors. If you work with either of them, it could be struggling with meditation um, when you used to be able to focus a little better could be struggling with divination and not being able to get the answers that you're looking for. Maybe your intuition is feeling off. Just generally don't feel like doing anything. Um, It can also present as forgetting to do stuff. So if you used to be very connected to the Sabbaths and the various moon phases, it could just be completely forgetting that there is a new moon or a full moon, which is one of my first symptoms is always forgetting. I like to do things for the new moon and the full moon. Um, usually the full moon. And I just completely forgot that the one was coming up and I'm usually very on top of those things. So that's one of my surefire signs that I am experiencing some sort of slump or burnout. So if you are feeling that way or have felt that way, and you're curious about how to sort of get over that and get back into your witchcraft, then this would be the episode for you. But first I want to say that it's completely normal. Every single witch has experienced this and will experience this multiple times throughout their life and with their practice. It's absolutely normal feeling, even for the witches like me who are doing a podcast or are on YouTube, even if they're presenting um, a lot of content, it still is incredibly common to experience this sort of feeling. Um, 
no matter how long you've been practicing or what time of year it is, even if it's, you know, Samhain and all the other witches around you are really practicing and getting into it, it's completely normal for you to have these ebbs and flows and feel this disconnected. So that said, let's diagnose some of the reasons why you might be feeling this way. The first important thing is to check in with yourself. And by that, I mean covering all the physical health bases. So that could be, are you eating healthy food? Are you drinking enough water? Are you exercising and sleeping well? Or are you experiencing some sort of sickness? You know, whether that is COVID or the flu, general cold, all of those things are physical symptoms outside of your magical practice, but they absolutely can and do influence the way that you feel about practicing. And if you are feeling disconnected and especially if you're sick, you just need to take the time to rest and know that the magic will come back later. So it's important to consider all of these things because they are all very interconnected. And you also want to check in with your mental health basis. Um, so that is depression. Maybe you're experiencing stress. You might have toxic people around. Um, you might be watching too much news, giving too much to other people and not taking any time for yourself. And it could also be that you're not having any fun. If any one of those things is out of balance, it's going to affect everything else, including your practice. So there are a few ways that you can tackle it if this is where your problem is stemming from. You can basically either fix it or you can wait it out. So if it is related to not drinking enough water, that's an easy fix. But maybe it is related to being sick. That is something that you just have to wait out. Um, it's okay in those moments for your magical stuff to take a back seat. I give you full permission. Um, I was sick in the beginning of January and the absolute last thing that I wanted to do was any sort of witchcraft whatsoever. I didn't even want to open a book, <laughs> which was usually my favorite thing to do is to, to read about you know various aspects of witchcraft. And I didn't even want to do that. And it's perfectly okay for the magical stuff to take a back seat. Um, don't pressure yourself into feeling like you're not a quote unquote real witch if you don't practice every day. That's going to get into that later, but that's not a real thing. And magic itself, you know, spell casting and rituals, they can be very draining. That's something I've talked about on this podcast since the beginning, uh, that it can be very energetically draining. So if you are already feeling down and tired and not feeling well, then the magic is going to make you feel even worse. So it's okay to wait it out. It is also important to draw boundaries for your own mental health because that will reflect in your practice. So it's incredibly important to take the time for yourself to draw boundaries on, you know, getting toxic people out of your life, to draw boundaries on watching the news, which I wanted to take a side note to comment on because being able to turn off the news and step away from all of the negative things that are going on in the world um, is privilege. So that does come from a place where you are, you know, in a very privileged spot to be able to turn that off and not have it surrounding you. So there is conflict going on in a lot of different places and to be able to turn off the news and not have that conflict right outside your front door um, is definitely a place of 
privilege, but just because you are in that place of privilege does not mean that you shouldn't take advantage of it. There's nothing to be gained from watching 12 hours of news footage that is just going to absolutely drain you. It's horrible to watch and you are not uh, you know, any less of a person. You won't be any less educated if you just watch maybe some highlights once in a while and otherwise turn it off and take care of yourself. There are seasons in life which you know, those things are very important and we want to keep up to date, but there are seasons in life where you might be feeling incredibly drained and stressed out and it is okay to take a step back at that time and turn off the television. Okay, <laughs> off the soapbox now. So after you've checked in with your you know, physical health, your mental health, and those things are you know, pretty well covered, not really the issue, it can also be important to check in with anyone that you work with. So generally that means deities and ancestors, but you might also work with spirits or familiars. If you do work with those and you are generally feeling disconnected in your practice, it might be important to check in with them because they might need something new um, that you haven't been giving. So maybe you had committed to putting out some offerings and you haven't been doing that. Um, that could be a reason that you're you know, not feeling connected because they need you to do this. They also might be trying to reach out to you to do something totally new and you have just been missing the signs then it might be important to go back and check in with them and ask them, you know, I'm feeling not very connected to you, not very connected to nature and my practice in general. Am I missing something? What's going on here? Because that absolutely could be the source or they can assist you in further figuring out what the source of your problems are. The next important thing to check in with is to ask yourself if you are actually listening to your intuition and your spiritual self. Because sometimes we keep doing things that no longer serve us just because it's the way that we've always done it. And for a lot of people, monotony can breed contempt. So don't do the same things over and over and expect different results. The Even if that's something that you've done throughout your entire practice and it used to bring you a lot of joy, maybe you used to pull a tarot card every single day and you found that it was really helpful for you and provided a lot of guidance throughout your day. But if it's just becoming drudgery for you, then stop doing it. There are absolutely no rules that say that you have to keep doing something that used to bring a lot of benefits, but it isn't doing that anymore. You can absolutely let it go. You can either, you know, just forget it, drop it. You can change it. The tarot card example, maybe you only pull a tarot card once a week now, or maybe you sit down at the beginning of the month and do a spread for the month and then sort of put it to the side for the rest of the month. It's absolutely okay to change it. And it's also okay to just take a break. Uh, Our paths change constantly. What we're interested in changes constantly. So maybe tarot isn't speaking to you right now and it's okay to put it to the side, take a break. And if you decide in six months that you want to do it again, that's okay too. There are there's nobody looking over your shoulder telling you that you have to you know, stick with it through the ups and downs. Um, it's absolutely personal and something that can be easily changed. So you should do whatever is calling to you. And if that means taking a break from something, that's great. And these last two things to check in with are things I've mentioned on the podcast before and I think are very important. The first question is, are you doing too much? Because if you are doing, forcing yourself to do something witchy every moment of every day, you are doing too much. You do not need to put that kind of pressure on your daily practice because everything cycles, everything ebbs and flows. 
we see it in nature and your practice is going to be the exact same way. So you do not have to have a daily practice. I have, I have had guests and I ask them, you know, what are some things that they do daily? I've shared some things that I do daily, some things that I like to keep up with that are just very simple. You know, I have coffee every single morning, multiple cups of coffee. It's very easy to turn that into like a mini spell, but I don't have to. If I choose not to do that one day, that's perfectly fine. So there are very simple things that you can include in your everyday, but if you don't want to, you absolutely don't have to. And if you are trying to make a routine that includes something witchy morning, afternoon, evening, you are doing way too much. That is definitely where you are getting some burnout from. Don't put the pressure on the daily practice. And I have also mentioned this on a episode before, but think of it as any other religion. I use Catholicism as an example because I was raised Catholic, so it's what I'm most familiar with, but Catholics go to church on Sunday. My husband is Catholic, does not go to church every Sunday. He goes once in a while. He's, you know, mostly the holidays. They call those something about Christmas and Easter. I'm not sure what the, the term is, but that's, you know, when he goes to church. But he does go occasionally on Sundays. And he usually prays every night. Throughout the rest of his day, not a whole lot of religious things going on. Outside of the service on Sundays, not even every Sunday, not a lot of ritual going on. And that's perfectly fine. A lot of religions operate that way. So when you go to paganism and maybe working with a multitude of deities, you don't have to have big rituals and prayers every single day. Think of it as other religions. They're only doing it once a week. And some people aren't even going every week. And that's absolutely fine for other religions. So why wouldn't it be the same for you? You do not have to incorporate all of those things into every moment of every day. Which brings me to the last point, which is to ask yourself if you are expecting too much. Because perfectionism is very sneaky. And we pressure ourselves to have the perfect aesthetic or master daily practice. And if we don't, then we're not a real witch. But things do not have to look a certain way to be effective. And this is a huge problem with social media. I... I'm great at ignoring Instagram. Honestly, if you follow me on Instagram, you will see how many times I log in. It's not that many, but that sort of comparison aspect is very prevalent on social media, especially if you follow a lot of witches who earn their livings by creating content online. So Instagrammers or YouTubers or use those social media platforms um, to engage more business for their you know, tarot reading business. There are a lot of witches who use social media for those things, and they are presenting the absolute aesthetic highlight reel. And even they do not live up to that. They specifically are taking those pictures and posting them at opportune times for a reason. It has to do with their business. And outside of that, even they are not committing to the, this perfect aesthetic, their altar isn't you know, perfectly organized and set up all the time. Uh, things are constantly changing for them too. So don't think that you have to have it a certain way. You have to look like them. You have to have all of the things that they're doing. You have to practice exactly the same way um, as often as they do in order to be a quote unquote real witch. If you 
believe that you are a witch, you don't even have to undertake a spell to be a witch. If you do some reading and you like it and you consider yourself a witch, you are a witch. There are, that's it. There's, there's no rules. You just decide that you are. So there's absolutely no reason to fall into that perfectionism trap. So if you are feeling burnout, then take a step back and ask yourself, is it because you are trying to be perfect or because you are trying to match something that you saw online or that you saw another practitioner do? Maybe you're in a coven and you're trying to match what uh, the leader of your coven is doing. You don't have to do that. You have to do things your way and what makes you comfortable. And it does not need to be perfect or look a certain way. Okay, so now that we have covered all of the reasons that you might be experiencing that and all of the things to check in on, we want to talk about how to get excited again and get yourself back into it. Like I said, you absolutely don't have to. You do not have to think, oh, I'm, I'm experiencing burnout in a slump and I must fix it today. I must fix it tomorrow and do all of these things. You don't have to. Take a break. Come back to it when you feel like it. But if you are at the point where you're missing it and feeling like you'd like to get back into it again, these are some ways to get excited about it again. First of which I always recommend is to do or learn something new. I love doing that. I love trying something new and reading new books. Like I said, the monotony of certain things can get a lot of people down. So if you, you know, using the tarot example, again, if you pulled tarot cards every day and it's something that's just not speaking to you anymore, try another form of divination, something completely new that you have never tried before. I had that whole podcast episode to give you a whole list to check into of things that you could try. And that might spark your energy and creativity again. Um, because that's just how our brains work is that we are excited when it is something brand new. I do want to encourage you to put boundaries though on consuming that information because we can only learn so much at one time. And I am guilty of this too, where I will, I mean, if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen it. I will check out five, 10 books on witchcraft at one time out of the library. And I want to read them all and consume them all in two days, but my brain just cannot retain that level of information. It's, it's information overload. So I do encourage you still, even if you are learning something new, to put boundaries on how much of that you are consuming and try to stick with just one thing. Another way to get excited again is to think back to your why about why you do witchcraft at all. What got you started? What is your reasoning? So you may have gotten into witchcraft because it was the one way for you to connect with nature and you feel your best being outside. And witchcraft helped you to understand nature, to start communicating with the spirits out there, to start you know, a practice of herbalism and using the herbs and healing yourself in that way. And since there's so much fun stuff to study, all of a sudden you got way off track and started incorporating things into your daily practice that don't align with that. So maybe you started doing candle spells every day or divination every day and using a pendulum. That sort of got away from your original nature-based practice. So if you feel like maybe you strayed a little bit, get back into your why and go back to the basics of what got you interested in the first place. And along with that, going back to the basics, I would say if your burnout and your slump related to your practice comes from a place of frustration, 
then definitely go back to the basics. Because if things are frustrating you, if you're feeling like my spell's not working, it's not manifesting, then you need to go back to the basics because maybe you didn't spend enough time on the learning phase. Don't miss out on the little steps. Just go back and start at the beginning because that might help you break through some roadblocks. I think that happens to a lot of us where we get really excited. We learned about something new and we want to put it into practice right away, but just didn't spend enough time on the learning phrase. Then that can absolutely affect how the spell is manifesting or how a certain aspect of witchcraft is working for you. And if you are struggling with that and getting frustrated and it's making you want to quit, maybe go back and start at the beginning and see if there's anything you missed along the way. Another way to get back into your practice is to ignore your tunnel vision and check in instead with a different area of your life. A lot of us will do spell work that is the same and for the same area of your life over and over again. Um, Let's say that you are struggling with love and finding a partner. You may be doing a lot of spells in that area to help with your confidence, to attract people into your life. And you are completely ignoring all of the other areas of your life. So to get excited again, maybe look at some spell work that is related to your career instead. Maybe to your family life. Maybe you can do a spell to uh, help your relationship with your parents or siblings. Maybe you can just do a health spell, general health for yourself or maybe your dog. There are a lot of different aspects that you can apply witchcraft to. It doesn't have to be only one area. And by putting that other, you know, area that you've been focusing on aside for a little while, it really helps to get excited again about something new and then get excited again when you go back to that original area with fresh eyes and fresh attitude. That absolutely could mean going back to the burnout point. If you checked in with all of those issues that I said and figured out exactly where this started, you know, what was going on in your life, what physical or mental things were going on that got you to this exact point, you can go back and make those foundational changes. Another way to get back into your practice is to do the smallest possible steps. It's important to add in only what feeds your soul and take a break from everything else. Not adding in the things you think you should be doing because somebody online told you that you should do this and it's an essential part of your craft and practice, just do, add in only the smallest steps that are essential to you, that bring you joy. Also think about how much you can actually commit to and what actually needs to be done. You may be at a point in your life where you can commit to the bare minimum. You just have so many things going on. Okay to be honest about that. And it's okay to be honest about what actually needs to be done. So maybe the things that need to be done are related to self-care. Maybe tending to deities and ancestors isn't at the forefront right now. It's all right to put that aside, let them know that you need to focus a little bit on yourself instead and add in just the little things that you think absolutely need to be done to get you back excited again. Another thing that I have to recommend is absolutely go outside and connect with what's around you. It's very easy to get into our own heads and get overwhelmed with the activities going on in our life and getting outside really helps you focus on nature, on taking a break and just getting outside and noticing the little things, noticing the animals, noticing new plants growing really helps you connect and ground and focus in the 
current moment and sort of put all of those other worries aside, even if it's just for a little while. The last thing I have to recommend is to work the witchcraft into the other mundane things that you absolutely must do. There are any number of things. All of our lives look really different, but there are any number of things that you absolutely must do to keep your life going, to keep your home steady. There are just certain tasks that absolutely have to get done. Laundry comes to mind. We all have to do it. We have to wash dishes. It just is a part of life. It's a very mundane thing, but it is something that you can make magical. There are a lot of ways to do that. There are a lot of spells and rituals that you can work into brushing your teeth. You have to brush your teeth every day. There are ways to, you know, use that water energy. There are ways to enchant your toothpaste. Start back slowly and add these magical things into the very mundane things. So my very mundane thing that I wanted to talk about, because originally that was going to be the entire focus of this episode, is magical spring cleaning. And I got sidetracked about that because I have just been feeling so burnt out that I didn't want to commit a whole episode to that. And I really wanted to talk about this topic while I was feeling how I'm feeling. And I realized that it sort of ties in together because cleaning for me is a super mundane thing and something that I absolutely must do because we own a house and I have perfectionist tendencies about how I like to clean. Not that my husband wouldn't help me, but it is the two of us and he works quite a bit. So the house, if I don't clean the house, it's just not getting done. And if I don't do it, it's obviously not going to get done to my standards. So cleaning is one of the most mundane things I can think of that I wanted to make magical. And it's something I do this time of year because I actually love spring cleaning. Like, I mean, I don't love the spring cleaning, but I love the after effects. Like when the house is like perfectly reset, it's like as great as the day you bought it and moved in. I love that feeling. So I love the deep cleaning of spring cleaning and really getting in there and scrubbing things like baseboards and ceilings and all that nonsense. If cleaning was the mundane thing that came to mind for you, then you want to ease back into your witchcraft practice by establishing a magical cleaning routine, then the rest of this episode is for you. And if you think I'm absolutely crazy and you're done listening, then I completely understand and I will see you next week. So if you are sticking around to listening for listening to my um, magical cleaning routine, then I have a few tips for you. I'm going to be absolutely using myself any day now. I absolutely use magical cleaning supplies. There are floor washes. You can use Florida wash. I, there's a whole episode on energetically cleaning your house, but I'm talking about like the physical things. If you want to use magical cleaning supplies, you absolutely can, but I am just talking about straight up regular cleaning, getting the house clean. It's important to establish your intention before you start cleaning and to keep reminding yourself of that intention of the space um, as you go along, because that will really infuse that area with your intention. So your intention in cleaning the kitchen is going to be different from cleaning the living room or cleaning your bedroom. For myself to set this intention for the room and to get my spring cleaning done within a month, I assigned every space in my home to a different zodiac sign that I adopted from Maggie at Mumbles and Things. So if you want to check out her website, she is great. And she also um, has a podcast with her sister. And over the course of one month, which is, you know, one lunar cycle, 
I can clean the space according to which sign the moon is in, which you might think is crazy, but I promise you it works and it will get you back into your witchcraft routine. And I know this because I do it every year for spring, spring cleaning, but since it's a month, you can do this every month to keep up with your cleaning routine. Let's start at the beginning of the zodiac and I will explain our reasoning to you. So first up is Aries. That is the first sign of the zodiac. So for me, that is the entryway because you're coming into the house. So that means cleaning off the porch and that means cleaning our general entryway. And we also have a closet there is Taurus. And Taurus is a very homebody based sign. And for me, that's the kitchen. Taurus tell me in the comments if you are one. They love to feed people. Every Taurus in my life I know just loves to feed people and have people in their home that they can comfort through food. So for me, Taurus energy is absolutely in the kitchen. And that includes all the appliances in the kitchen. That includes cleaning out the pantry, all those good things. Is Gemini. And for me, Gemini is a very social sign. So for me, that's the dining room. And I also clean the guest room because it's right by the dining room. So those two kind of go together for me um, as sort of the social gathering areas. Up is cancer. And for me, this is our two family rooms. So we have a living room on our top floor and then we have like a uh, second sort of gathering area with the big TV in our basement. They're again, very family focused and homebodies like Taurus. So that was a natural connection for me is to clean the family rooms at that time. Oh, fire sign, very energetic. So we have a little home gym. We have a treadmill and um, all of my husband's weights in one room. So that is what I clean during that time. And I feel like Leo would also be a good time to clean kids' rooms. Again, very energetic. Is Virgo. And for Virgo, I clean out the closets. I clean out wardrobe. And I also clean out the medicine cabinet. Um, that might be me personally because my dad was a Virgo and he was a doctor. So I clean out the medicine cabinet. It just makes sense to me. But I feel that um, Virgos are very practical, practical, systematic. So that really says closets and medicine cabinet to me to just keep those important things organized. Um, I have a very minimal streamlined wardrobe. So um, again, that just makes sense to me to spend that day organizing it. Is Libra. And to me, Libra is like the home decor signs, always straighten up decor. And um, also bathrooms. To me, Libra is glamour and self-care. So I clean bathrooms on that day. Scorpio, which is no surprise, master bedroom. Uh, that is the sign that I am. And Scorpios are always considered the most sexual sign and just very intimate, keeping only very close contacts, not a huge group of friends. So for me, that's just master bedroom makes sense. Next up is Sagittarius. And for me, that is the garage and cleaning out my car. Sagittarius are flighty. They love to travel. That's the first thing that I thought of. And while I'm out there, I straighten up the garage, but there's really not that much we clean up in the garage. It's just sweeping out some leaves and things. Next up is Capricorn. They are ambitious and determined. So is our home office, which 
is not really in the office state yet because like I've mentioned, we're under construction and that the office really part will be done then. For now, our office is one big bookshelf and papers that are are scattered on the dining table. I put those back in the office and straighten up and I also clean out my purse that day. Next is Aquarius and Aquarius is very visual um, and clever. So that is when I clean up books and any sort of like tabby supplies. So for me personally, this mostly means straightening up all of the materials that I have for making and shipping out the uh, Sabbath boxes for the Etsy store each and every month. That's something I have to clean up and reorganize every single month. Next up, of course, is Pisces. And Pisces are very um, emotional, sympathetic, also creative, a lot of psychic tendencies. So naturally this is altar and witchy spaces, which I think all of us need to clean up at least on a monthly basis. I don't know about you, but my stuff gets all over the place, especially like you're constantly using it and scattering it all over. I use my stuff in various areas of my home. So to just gather it, get it under control, um, that is what I do when the moon is in Pisces. Since the moon is in a sign for two or three days, I also like to sort of break up the jobs, especially if they're big jobs. You know, sometimes I don't need as much time in Sagittarius to clean out my car and garage. Like those are really usually very clean. So I only need one day, but for the bigger jobs, it could be good to you know, declutter one day, clean the second day, or to the physical cleaning on the first day, energetically clean it out on the second day. Different ways to work that. So during the spring cleaning time, when I'm really deep cleaning, Definitely the first day is declutter and the second day is to do the really deep cleaning. So that is what I am planning for this next lunar cycle. So if you stuck with me through all of that, props to you. Let me know in the comments if you think I'm totally crazy or if you have done magical cleaning yourself and time it to the moon cycles and clean these areas every two days. <laughs> let me know. But I just wanted to mention that as my go-to singular way of getting out of a slump, getting out of a period of burnout and just incorporating a tiny bit of by witchcraft beliefs into the everyday. Cleaning can be very mundane. I'm not talking about doing the energetic cleaning. I'm just, I physically need to clean my house. So I might as well match the days that I am cleaning to the energy of the astrological sign the moon is in. It just makes the most sense to me. And then I can set my intention and the intention for that space matches the energy and intention of that astrological sign. So it's <laughs> my one go-to way of getting out of a magical slump. So hopefully once I have gotten my house cleaned and stuck with this for a full month, then I will personally feel better and be a little more energetic and a little bit out of my burnout period. We will see because usually... I spend the entire summer in a burnout period, but we will see how it goes. So if you have any other tips and tricks that you would like to share to get out of a slump or burnout period or some other questions to ask about how you even got into one in the first place, absolutely let me know. Reach out on Discord, Instagram. Those are all linked at um, whichwednesdays.com or at Today's podcast on Instagram is every that is everything that I have for you this week. I will see you next week. Need even more? Subscribe to Patreon and YouTube for exclusive bonus content.
Order a themed witchcraft box every month through Witch Wednesdays on Etsy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast. Find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com.